Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Talking about Vision Sunday, it's February 2017, we're going forward, we need to push forward. Um, The purpose-driven life is about vision. Unless you have vision for your personal life, or vision for your business, it's going to be dormant. We went on long service leave, we visited some nations, and you could obviously tell that someone wasn't out the front of that nation with vision and skillfully uh, helping that nation bring into effect a preferred future. Amen? Thank God for Australia that we have good leadership. Man, the roads, the infrastructure, all the good stuff that we have is because of sound leadership at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not sure of your preference of politics, but at the end of the day, our government seems to be highly accountable to some good wisdom and understanding that we need to be doing the best that we can in our amazing nation. And it is fulfilled by driving on those seamless roads. Who's the men that like seamless roads? Who, who likes roads? I love the fact that those roads are built by GPS, satellite, just to the mill, to the, absolutely to the mill, because of those satellites, technology, tractors moving, and they're, go- anyway, it's, it's, it's the builder in me. I just love that stuff. I love when the builder comes out and we realize that floor is about five mil out, and I say to the steel guys, no, that, 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 that floor's a little bit out, guys. You need to get out here and, 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 and check that, that out. Yeah, it's out, something's happened, uh, it's moved, and I love things being straight. I love things being exact. I love, I, I love, I love the fact that, that we can build our lives through the Word of God, through vision that has wisdom and revelation for our best life, amen? I'm, I'm not sure if I'm liking this sugar-free diet, but I, I know, apparently, Jesse, uh, I won't mention any names, um, that, that sugar is not real good for you. So I'm willing to succumb to that. I'm willing to bow my knee and say, all right, sugar's not good for you. I'll, I'll abstain from sugar for eight weeks. Try that, guys, when you like sweet things. And... Got to have vision, but our world is in desperate need of vision. Leadership is what articulates and, and skillfully puts vision into place. Thank God for the lead. That's why I got these guys up, helping us understand, or helping us put in place our preferred future. And that takes courage and it takes divine inspiration. I will need a water, probably three waters. (laughs) I'm I'm wearing the right T-shirt. Sorry if it's too glary, but it is the right material. What is vision? It's the key of fulfilling your life purpose. I hope you've got good vision for your personal life. Before I go to some of what our vision is, I'm not going to share too much about overall what we do, but I want to go right back at the beginning because I said a statement earlier on, 
and, and, and it's this, Christianity is word-centered because God rules through his word. You, know, you need to get this and understand this because everything we do is based on sound interpretation of what the Bible says, what God is saying through the Bible, what Jesus said, through the, what the Apostle Paul said through the Bible, and, and doing church and being the church, we must interpret it properly to exact all the juice, all the good stuff out of it. Amen? Jesus taught in John 14 that God does his work through the word. Can you hear something? I can hear our children being taught the word of God out there. I can't wait till they're out in that new air-conditioned room out there. Praise God. Thank, give it up for these guys who turned up yesterday and um, put up those beams. And... Amen. In the beginning, the earth was formless, empty. You know that. God said, let there be light. I'm not going to go through these scriptures in Genesis chapter 1. Through his word, say word, he brought order out of chaos, and he brought light out of darkness. You can read that, and it infers that in John 1, 1, 3. The point is, where God's word is not heard, chaos and darkness close in on your life, on your marriage, on your children on our church, on our community, on our nation. That's why we're staunch believers of, of proclaiming the word of God, amen? When Jeremiah was given a vision of God, of God's judgment, because God's people weren't following God's word, they were in disobedience, they were walking a different way. It says in Jeremiah 4.23, I'm sorry guys if you got the wrong version, sorry John, but I didn't put the right... I didn't put the version that I'm speaking from, but we'll, we'll carry on. The Word of God says, I be, this is Jeremiah the prophet, he says, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void. And the heavens, they had no light. We just celebrated Christmas. Praise God, you found it. I give these guys a hard time. Sorry, I should put what version it's been spoken from. Formless and empty, it's the same it's the same language that was used at the start in Genesis. It's the same description. Adam and Eve were to express their commitment to God's reign by trusting in God's word or his command not to eat of the tree of, of, of good and evil. But you know, I know, they rejected the rejection of God's rule begins with the rejection of God's word. The serpent encourages the woman to doubt God's word. It says it in Genesis 3.1. And then deny God's word, verse 4. Instead, the woman is governed by what seems pleasing to the eye. And the man is too. Let's blame the man too, because he should have protected her. God rules as his word is trusted and obeyed. God is rejected when his word is not trusted and not obeyed. When he calls Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, God begins to plan to restore his rule and create a new hum humanity, basically a new community. He speaks a word of promise, and that basically is 
um, you follow my leading, you follow my word, you live in my presence, and you will be blessed, and you will be blessed to be a blessing, even unto the nations. That's amazing. He speaks the word of promise. He promises Abraham a people who know God. It's gonna be a land of blessing and a blessing to all nations. It's going to be awesome, God says. It's my plan for you. It's my preferred future for you. It's what I have on the horizon for you. There's redemption in it. It can be done if you follow my leading. It's the, it's the promise, basically, that drives the whole Bible. When you look at the, the Bible, it's that promise. Trust me, God is saying, I sin, I'm sincere about this. I want to bless you. I want you to live your best life personally, and I want you to live your best life corporately as a tribe, as a, as a, as a community, because you are made in the image of God, and God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're made in His image. If He's in community with the Son and the Holy Spirit, we're made in the image to, com to, to be communal, not to be isolated, amen, but to fellowship with others, to fellowship with a, with, a, with a group of people that can pull together, support each other, and love each other. We're made in His image, in the image of God. A promise is a word about the future. And this future orientation gives God's promise its redemptive character. There's redemption in this story. There's redemption in the stories our C3 kids are hearing. They already, even at a young age, may be realizing that the world is not all that it's cracked up to be. It's okay to bring your kids up on Disneyland and Mary Poppins and, 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 and all this great stuff, but one day they're going to see through the cracks and they're going to say, oh my God, that ain't nice. That, that's not good. That, that's inconsistent of, of all that my mum and dad even and all, all, all the goodness that I've been taught even at a young age. That's, how are they going to compensate? How are they going to, how are they going to cope with that? It's believing the promises of God, that God can turn all things around for good to those that love Him. Well, thank goodness my family love Him. Thank goodness, thank goodness that my, my family are the church and believe in the promises of God. And like Abraham, they're on a journey, a pilgrimage to follow God no matter what, through the valleys, over the mountains, through the waters. Thank God. Thank God. The more as you as a parent can give the reality to your children that the church is everything, that your community is everything, not just the place that you visit, but a place where you are the church, that is your identity, the better it will be for them. Otherwise, there's inconsistencies. It's not a statement of what is, but a statement of what will be. The word of promise governs Abraham's action, sending him out from Ur, Genesis chapter 12, to a life of hopeful pilgrimage. God is reestablishing his rule through that calling through the Word of God. See how important the Word of God is, guys? It's all about the Word. When God liberates His people from Egypt, His Word is expressed in the law, given at Mount Sinai. You know that. The law of Moses is given as the Word by which God rules His people as they wait for the coming Savior. It's a liberating law given to bless the people of God. But it was the lie of the serpent to portray God's rule as harsh and 
and tyrannical. Did I get that right? Thank you. Point, the reality is that the rule of God is a rule of life. It's, to, it's about the blessing of God. It's about the peace of God. It's about the justice of God. God rules through his word and he brings freedom, he brings peace, he brings joy. It's an amazing thing. Hence the psalmist delight in God's law. Psalm 119 verse 77. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. Psalm 119 97 says, oh how I love your law. It is my meditation all the days. Israel had been liberated from the oppression of Pharaoh and they found themselves protected, provided for and living in his presence. But time and time again, God's people rejected the word of God. The people asked for a king because they wanted to be ruled like the other nations, they looked to have the other nations. They might have a better game plan. They've got kings, they say to God, they've got kings, give us a king. 1 Samuel 8, 7, God gives them a king and at the same time raises up prophets who call God's people back to the word of God. And in fact, they even call the kings back to the word of God. The unfaithfulness of God's people cannot sabotage God's gospel word ultimately. God does not give up on that promise to Abraham in Genesis. The prophets speak about judgment that brings down Jerusalem, but they also speak a word of hope. God promises to send a new king who will establish God's liberation. The king is, say it, Jesus. With a word, Jesus heals the sick. And with a word, he expels demons. He speaks a word and people follow him. Indeed, Jesus is the living word. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was, that was made. He's both the promise, messianic king, and the word by which God rules. So, listen, in the life of the believer and in the life of the church, God still rules through his word. People became Christians last week, five of those young people, because they believed in the word of God. They responded to the gospel message, and they were saved, John 5, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. It's through the word. It's constantly through the word. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing the word, by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And you've heard this, true disciples are those who abide in the word of God. Abiding in the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.15, and that from childhood, from C3 Kids Church, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, but instruction in life. In life. So why the gospel? I'm, I'm telling you why. John 14, 8 says, Philip said, Philip says, the disciple says, let us, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough. He's saying this to Jesus. Philip, he's saying, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. Meaning, prove it. Show us a vision. Let us have a spiritual encounter. Show us a glimpse of your glory. Give us something, a display of your glory. Show us, Lord, who God is. But what Philip got was Jesus talking. John 49 says, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. God is known and God works through his words the words of Jesus. Christian ministry is gospel-centered. It's all about the word. John 14, 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that your Father may be glorified. This is what happens when we preach the word. This is what happens when we proclaim the word. That, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified. That's a lovely promise. That's a powerful promise. If you preach the gospel, if you speak the gospel, if you share the word of God to your C3 kids in scripture or otherwise, you can ask anything and it will be done. The greater works Jesus promised us to do was in fact the salvation. The salvation that people that people experience was through the word of God. They say there are two key principles that should shape the way we do church, gospel and community. I love this. So this is our identity as Christians. This shapes the way that we do church. This, this, this gives context of how we do church. It's about the gospel and it's about the community. So it goes like this. Being gospel-centered actually involves two things. First, it's about being word-centered. The word because it's the good news. It's a message that needs to go out. Two, second, it means God mission. We are on a mission to get that gospel out. We are on a mission to get that gospel out through the airways, through the schools, through the, the marketplace, we're on a mission unto the nations. But then there is a very, a very big aspect of why we do church, and that is about community. Church is about community. It's not a place that we just attend. It's not the doors that we just walk through. We are word-centered, but we are a community of people that hang tough with each other. If you look in Mark, the sower in the parable, he talks about the word, sowing the word. He talks about the growth of the kingdom is through the word. We hear the word of God and we accept it. 
Christ's new family, that's us, the church, are built on the Word of God. And in that, we do God's will. The kingdom grows as people hear it and accept it and outwork it. And then Mark reassures them, if you have the Word abiding in your heart, Christ will be with you. His presence is with you all the days of your life. So another very interesting aspect of about being the church is that yes, we are word-centered, and yes, we hang tough in fellowship with, with agape love and we're supporting each other, but the thing that makes that happen, and I believe it's true, we can't even be the church unless we believe this, is the anointing. It's the Holy Spirit. I fail to realize how you can be the church in this most profound way that the Bible speaks about without the empowering presence of God. It really is because it allows you to transcend all those difficulties of your personality, all your, all your, all, all just your humanness of not wanting to gravitate towards people or be everyone's friend or travel as a group. But the Holy Spirit makes that difference. And you are in a church, my friends, that believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's a community of the Holy Spirit. It is a living community where things happen because of the work of the Holy Spirit. When our hearts are moved by worship, thank you for the worship this morning. When our, when our lives are changed by the Word of God, when we turn to God through prayer, when we care for each other, one another, when we act in selfless ways, and when we save people supremely, we are the church. And that is ultimately signs of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 2.22, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Are you cool with that? Are you cool with that statement? That you, the church now, God is in you, of course you're saved, but now God wants to abide in you and he wants you to connect in unity. He commands a blessing and in unity, you can help each other, serve each other, love each other, and he's, he's wanting to join you together? Now, I want to just be an individual, but when you got saved, you were born into the church. You were born with a brother and sister. You were born as the church. Both word and spirit are involved in creation. The world was made by God's word. Ephesians or Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two. But the spirit was present, brooding over the waters. Psalm 33, verse six. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of, the, of his mouth. It is by his spirit God breathes his creative word over you and I. It is by his spirit that breathes into humanity. Same way as us Christians, each one of us were born again by that word that we received, by the spirit. And it's his promise in John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. Notice the emphasis. 
of these sayings, words, truth, and teaching. Not dead words, but living words. Never underestimate a word you may give someone, a word that you may offer up into the, into the heart of God to pray for someone, to bless someone. Never underestimate the songs that you are singing, that you are proclaiming over this region and unto heaven. Never underestimate that. Through the Spirit, the truth touches hearts. It moves our emotions and it affects our will. Nearly done. We are compelled, in fact, getting to vision now, we are compelled to respond emotionally. It affects our will, but we are compelled by this mission to see people blessed by this word. God's mission is to save people for himself through Christ. Jesus is the focus of the story. His whole identity is about mission. Luke 24, 45 says, then he opened their minds. Lord, open our eyes this morning. Open our minds so that we may see the big picture. He opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. 47. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You you, 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 you are witnesses. You, 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 are witnesses to these things. I am going to send you to the schools, to the marketplace, to your workplace, no matter where you work, no matter where you go, you are sent, you are a minister, no matter where you are, by the way. You are a minister whether you like it or not. I will be sending you out what my father has promised I will give to you. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. That's why we're going to do the revive nights, empowering people. Kind of turns you inside out, kind of turns you upside down from your selfish living isn't it funny, we, Julie and I actually did have a white picket fence. I built a beautiful house, five bedrooms, and ah, oh, magnificent, because I had vision. And by faith, I built a house with the help of Shane. Thank you, Shane. Many years ago, 20 years ago. Then I had vision to build a church. And then people who believe in that vision responded and came out and became the church and gave to the church and here we are, without air conditioning, I know, but still, we are the church. By the way, the, the air conditioning's coming. As soon as we finish that building, the mezzanine's going in, the doors are going in, there's a wall going in, then we can get the air conditioning. So just hang on, guys. At least you're not in the tent. Five years in a tent, right? Five years we did to get you this far. Five years in school halls, dusty school halls, that we'd have to vacuum out every day before you could even go there because they were that dusty with cobwebs and yuck. We paid the hard yards. Why? Just to 
be this fanciful thing called church. No, to be the church that has downloaded God's divine purpose and divine vision to be a church that can make a difference, be the light, be the soul in a fallen world and rescue humanity unto hope. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. There's passion behind this. That's our passion. We're on a mission. I was talking about the white picket fence. Actually, the guy that helped us offered his services, the crane driver, said, yeah, unsaved, unchurched, he said, I've got a crane, I'll come out. He came out yesterday and he said to me, do you remember when my friend's car fell, he used to live over the road from us, he parked his four-wheeled ute over the road, we're having a meal inside the family, bang, what was that? We go out the front and the guy, we thought someone had stolen his car and it was impaled, it was impaled in our front fence. Praise God, the palm tree stopped the, 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 the car, the, the, the vehicle, from careering into our house. Thank you for that palm tree. But I said, this guy is, is stolen this ute, stolen this thing, and he's run off. But lo and behold, the, the young man over the road came out of the house, scratching his head. He said, oh, no, that's my car. I must have forgot to put the handbrake on. But what it did, it demolished our white picket fence. I don't know. We haven't had a picket fence since then. But was that symbolic of, of what God did for our life? How we tried to keep our family in that beautiful, just as secluded, nice, tidy, safe existence behind a picket fence. Forget the world. Forget your church. Forget God's plans. Forget this humanity fallen crazy out of control stuff. I just got my little family, my little house, and I'm happy maybe to pop along to church and be the church. I don't know. I think God broke down that picket fence somehow when I had an encounter with God and I said, Lord, I can make a difference. How did I get it? I got it through vision. I'm going to throw some statements out, out at you. But I know this church was very much like this back in, the, in its heyday when it was really dramatic about praying for the city, praying for people. And Jeremiah's word of God says in Jeremiah 29 verse 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. They say if you take the church out of the community or out of the nation, the nation would literally crumble. It's literally the Word. It's literally the church. It's literally the people of God holding this planet together. So important that we have vision, not only for our life personally, but for your life corporately. Vision is the source of hope for your life. The greatest gift ever given, Miles Monroe says, the greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Nothing noble or noteworthy on earth, nothing noble or noteworthy on earth was ever done without vision. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.